0: One in three Americans are now fully vaccinated, according to the latest CDC numbers. Great news, right? This thing's gotta be almost over. Not according to Dr. Fauci's latest. Friends, it's time for Hold The Line. Welcome to Hold The Line, I'm Buck Sexton. All along during this pandemic, there have been those of us, myself certainly included in this, who have been warning you that two weeks to slow the spread, two weeks to flatten the curve, would extend into many more and months and possibly even years unless people insisted on reasonableness, insisted on a a factual, data-based, not emotional, political, hysteria-based assessment of where we stand against this pandemic. And people are starting to see more and more that while we have things things going better than they have in a very long time when it comes to COVID. There's a whole culture around this now. There are people for whom double masking, even outdoors while running and vaccinated is somehow a mark of being a good person. Well, let's just get a sense of where we are with vaccinations right now. Over 65, 84% of over 65 year olds have gotten at least one dose, 71% fully vaccinated. Now, those are the people who are, let's be very clear, at real risk from COVID-19. Everybody else is at minuscule risk from COVID-19. That doesn't mean no risk, but it means you got to live your life. Over 65, got to get vaccinated. Under 65, you know, you got to start getting back to normal life here, folks. A lot of us have been doing it for many, many months already. Over 18, you got 58% vaccinated, fully vaccinated, 44%. So... Almost half the country has had at least one dose and 34% fully vaccinated. Now, this is really good news. And if you're looking at this, you've got to be saying to yourself, so we're going to get rid of all these restrictions because at some point, everyone's had enough time, enough chance to get vaccinated. And what's fair is fair. You've got to actually allow society to function normally again. Y- you can't wait for the holdouts forever. Because, and by the way, I know a lot of people who don't want to get the vaccine are saying, I'm not a holdout, I'm just not getting it. Fine. But the point is, we can't keep holding America hostage to a, a perfect vaccination policy when we're never going to get there. And that this vaccine, I mean, this is a virus is going to continue to exist. There will be people who get it. There will be people who have this challenge. Uh, going forward, no matter what we do as a matter of public health policy, there'll be variants. Remember, we've heard so much about that. There may even need to be booster shots for COVID. So we just have to understand that as a society, we need to return to understanding that there are some risks, that there's no zero risk future from COVID or a a whole bunch of other diseases for that matter. And this is where the Fauciites, the lockdowners, the Democrats, Biden, not really seeing eye to eye, not really understanding that many of us are done with this. No, we don't want to wear masks indoors anymore. Don't want to deal with all this crazy crap. Fauci said this over the weekend, and you know it was Mother's Day, by the way. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Yeah, it was Mother's Day, and we're all thinking, how soon until we're normal is in like a matter of weeks, right? By June, July, it should just be, out there going about your life, folks, right? That's, that's a normal, reasonable place to be right now. W- what is Fauci saying? Next Mother's Day, maybe, we're normal. Play it.
1: Give everyone a sense of what the country's gonna look like next Mother's Day.
2: Well, George, I hope that next Mother's Day we're gonna see a, a dramatic difference than what we're seeing right now. I believe that we will be about as close to back to normal as we can. And there's, there's some conditions to that, George. We've got to make sure that we get the overwhelming proportion of the population vaccinated. When that happens, the virus doesn't really have any place to go. There aren't a lot of vulnerable people around. And where there are not a lot of vulnerable people around, you're not going to see a surge. You're not going to see the kinds of numbers we see now.
0: You're not going to see a surge. But, okay, so everyone has to get vaccinated now is what he's saying. But notice it wasn't even fully back to normal, as close to normal as we can get. No, there, there's always going to be viruses out there. That's, that's When we say normal, what we mean is not having to listen to Dr. Fauci just babble garbage and nonsense and contradict himself because he wants the MSNBC, CNN audience to like him because he's Mr. Science and he knows so much about the science. The whole thing has been so absurd all along from this guy. It's really appalling. And this is something else that I've been saying for many months... And people shouted me down, they got mad at me, they said, how dare you, Uh, that there would be a push for forever masking, that there'd be a push to wear masks, you know, going forward as a normal thing. And now they'll they'll say to you right now, oh, it'll be a choice thing. No, no, they're gonna mandate it. Just wait till we have a flu season or wait till we have a problem. They're gonna start making mandates about this. And we're gonna have to have this fight. How well did masks work against COVID? Not well. They, they can keep pretending. The answer is no, not well. The answer is we had very high rates of mask wearing and still very high rates of COVID. So they can keep lying about this as much as they want, but we don't have to accept their lies. But mask forever, is that really a possibility? Here's what Fauci says.
2: I think people have gotten used to the fact that wearing masks, clearly, if you look at the data, diminishes respiratory diseases. We've had practically a non-existent flu season this year merely because people were doing the kinds of public health things that were directed predominantly against COVID-19. The Australians during their winter, same thing. They had almost no flu, largely due to the kinds of things including mask wearing. So it is conceivable that as we go on a year or two or more from now, that during certain seasonal periods Mm -hmm. when you have respiratory-borne viruses like the flu, people might actually elect to wear masks to diminish the likelihood that you'll spread these respiratory-borne diseases.
0: It's not gonna be elective. They're gonna make you. Just wanna tell you that right now. There are gonna be places, not everywhere. If you live in Texas, you live in Florida, there are some states where they'll not make this mandatory at the state level. The city level, they might, they might try, but they pretend that it's voluntary until it's time. And then they say, actually, you're gonna to have to do this. Uh, notice that Fauci's, uh, Fauci's whole theory here is that it works so well against the flu Why didn't it work so well against COVID? Why is the flu almost zero, but COVID was through the roof this winter with all the masks wearing, if it was really just about masks? Oh, no no answer about that, huh? Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, The only good news I can give you here is that Fauci's saying right now that there won't be a surge probably this fall, which given that we have vaccination rates that are already at almost half the country, yeah, you'd think that we wouldn't go through what we've gone through before. Here's what he said.
2: The fact that we have vaccines right now, Chuck, is really a game changer. I mean, if we get, which we will, to the goals that the president has has established, namely if we get 70% of the people vaccinated by the 4th of July, namely one single dose, and even more thereafter. You may see blips, but if we handle them well, it is unlikely that you'll see the kind of surge that we saw in the late fall and the early winter. That's the reason, Chuck, why we, we, we plead with people to get vaccinated, because the larger proportion of the population that's vaccinated, the less likelihood that in a season like the coming fall or winter, you're going to see a significant surge.
0: Fauci's predictions have been terrible all along. This is one prediction that I hope is actually true, despite the fact that this guy has just been a disaster. People don't trust public health officials because of Dr. Fauci and I can't blame them. After the break, a shooting in broad daylight in New York City's Times Square is shining a spotlight on the Big Apple's surging crime rate. John Lott, the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center, is going to join us to discuss these numbers. Stay with us. Have you ever wanted to invest in real estate, but you didn't have the time to do it on your own, and you didn't want to make rookie mistakes? I felt exactly the same way as you until about a year ago. I always loved the idea of real estate investments, but I didn't want to get involved in something that I had no idea what I was actually doing, right? I mean, that's crazy. That's when I met my friends at Done For You Real Estate. They took all the guesswork out of it for me. They found me an awesome property. They rented it out for me right away. They managed the tenant for me, and now I get a check every month like clockwork. Don't wait another second to see if my buddies at Done For You Real Estate can do for you what they did for me. Visit doneforyoubuck.com to see how it works. Again, every step of the process, From picking the city, the house, getting the loan set up, getting a tenant in place, and a management company that'll handle the whole thing for you. Just go to doneforyoubuck.com and see what my friends at Done For Your Real Estate can do for you. That's doneforyoubuck.com to begin your real estate investment journey today with real experts with a proven track record of success. doneforyoubuck.com Another very violent weekend at NYC. The NYPD has now identified the prime suspect in Saturday's Times Square shooting as Farrakhan Mohammed. They say he opened fire on his brother after an argument and wounded three people in the process, including a four-year-old girl who was rushed through the busy streets to an ambulance by a heroic female police officer. You see some of the footage of the immediate aftermath right, right there, including the woman running with the child. Four-year-old child shot broad daylight, Times Square, middle of New York City, okay? Is New York finally, finally seeing the reality in front of our face that's playing out all across the country in similar cities? When you look at the crime databases, when you look at homicides and murders, there's a very clear trend here. Let's look into these statistics a little bit. Here with Reaction, we have the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center, John Lott. John, always good to see you. Great to
4: talk to you again,
0: Buck. So let's just start with what kind of increase in crime are we seeing? I mean, you can give me nationally, give me city by you know the, the top cities. How how bad is this? Put
4: this into some historical context for us. Well, we, we don't have all the crime data yet in from the FBI, but it's pretty clear that there are record increases in homicide and murder that occurred last year. And So far this year, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago are gonna be at least as high as they were before. You know, this isn't a mystery about what's happening. I mean, you had uh, jails and prisons across the country releasing inmates in places like Los Angeles and San Francisco, over half the inmates were being released. You had police being ordered to stand down. You had police budgets being cut in New York City, over a billion dollars was cut there. Uh, You have prosecutors in places like Los Angeles refusing to prosecute uh, violent criminals. Same in Chicago and other places. This isn't rocket science. If you make it so that you don't arrest criminals, and you make it so that you don't prosecute the criminals that you arrest, guess what? It's a lot less risky for criminals to go and commit crimes. In places like Chicago, uh, before last year, uh the arrest rate for murder was down below 20 percent you know uh it's probably you know near 10 percent uh this last year and you have an even lower rate for uh for gang murders and of course not all those people who are arrested end up being convicted so if you're talking about single digit rates of having people being convicted for murder and who are involved in gangs in a place like chicago Is it really surprising that with that low of a risk for criminals, you're gonna see a lot more gang fights and gang killings?
0: Now, uh, John, we have the New York City crime statistics uh, as of April 2020 versus April 2021. Shootings up 166%. Grand larceny up 66%. Felony assault up 35%. I mean, these are numbers that in normal times, John, and I mean, I, I worked at one point in my life at the NYPD, You would have police commissioners fired and you'd have mayors that were constantly worried about their jobs. But it seems like this isn't really a, a a news story that gets a whole lot of attention at the national level. Why do you think that is? Uh,
4: You know, the quality of police is declining uh, along with everything else. This is a real crisis that's occurring, but Democrats just want to go and blame the lack of gun control when Biden uh, was speaking about uh, gun control a few weeks ago. Uh, He was blaming the increase in homicides this last year on, on gun control. I'd like somebody, I'd like one reporter to ask the administration to point to any change that occurred in gun control last year that could explain the huge spikes that we had. Again, as I said, this isn't difficult to go and understand, but for some reason, the administration refuses to go and talk about the obvious issues that are here with regard to law enforcement.
0: John, just give me a sense of some of the areas. I mean, you mentioned that Biden speech. I know you, you've told me before that there were just a lot of things that Biden said in his address to a joint session of Congress, which was just a few weeks ago now, uh, on the gun control issue. I mean, you're right. They, they blame police violence somehow while crime is going up all across the country. We have all this focus from BLM on defunding police, on law enforcement as the issue, which is just completely counterintuitive, unreasonable, and and really damaging, but also they like to put in the, the gun control issue here. What are some of the ways that you feel Joe Biden was just being dishonest or flat out lying about gun control when he gave that speech?
1: Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.
4: lies that he made there. I wrote up uh, two pieces that covered 12 of them. But, you know, even the media was forced to go and admonish him on at least a couple of the claims, like the claim that you can't go and sue gun makers and gun sellers. I mean, is this serious stuff? I mean, if a gun maker or gun seller sells a defective gun and somebody's harm, they can get sued. If a gun maker or gun seller sells a gun uh, without going through the proper background checks or breaking the law, they can get sued. What they want to try to do is completely change the type of litigation that occurs, the type of liability. They want to make gun makers and gun sellers liable for any harm that occurs from the gun. Could you imagine applying that to cars? I mean, there are 4.5 million people each year who require medical attention because of car accidents. Should all those people sue for pain and suffering, for lost wages, for medical care? What do you think would happen to the car industry, if somebody who's talking to somebody and not paying attention to driving is able to sue Ford Motor for all those costs, do you think many of the car companies would be put out of business? You look at some of the other things that were being made there about the background checks. You know, they constantly claim that there are 3 million or 3.5 million dangerous people that have been stopped from buying guns because of background checks. That's simply false. What they should say is there have been three and a half million initial denials, and something around 99% of those are mistakes. It's one thing to stop a felon from buying a gun. It's another thing to stop somebody simply because they have a name similar to a felon from buying a gun. I was just working in the Department of Justice, and I saw some data that indicated that the mistake rate for black males is more than three times their share of the population. For Hispanics, it's slightly less than that. There's no reason why these mistakes should occur, but Democrats won't talk about trying to fix these mistakes. So you're you're
0: you're telling me that disproportionately black and Latino legal lawful American citizen gun buyers are actually denied by the background check system unfairly.
4: That's exactly right. I mean, the the basic problem is, I mean, you fill out the 4473, put down your name, your social security number, your address, your birthday, your race, your eye color. You think they're using all that information. What they usually use is roughly phonetically similar names and similar birthdays. People tend to have names similar to others in their racial groups. Hispanics have names similar to other Hispanics. Blacks have names similar to other blacks. 33% of black males, for example, are legally prohibited from owning guns because of past felony records. Whose names, whose roughly phonetically similar names are their names being confused with? Other law-abiding good black males who want to go and buy a gun to protect themselves.
0: This is is discrimination that uh, you're not going to be hearing about from the corporate media, but that's why we bring it to you here on The First. John, thank you for your work and your research on this. Always appreciate it. Thank you. People can find more at our website at
4: crimeresearch.org. Thank you very much.
0: crimeresearch.org. Check it out, everybody. The magical world of Disney is about to get a woke makeover as the company announces thousands of employees will now be subjected to anti-racism training. A closer look at Disney's new commitment to critical race theory in the Buck Brief. I've been telling you for a while now about online thieves who can easily steal your home's title. But you don't have to take my word for it. Take it from this thief who stole over 150 homes and was sentenced to 25 years in prison. This is why you need home title Lock.
1: Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh no, I have title insurance for that. No, it's it's in my name, or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it or sold the property or done whatever I've done with it, it's 60 to 90 days even figure out that, that they're the victim of this crime. You know, by that point, you start getting foreclosure notices and you realize you've got four mortgages on your house. Not only that, you don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name.
0: Heard enough? Don't let this crime happen to you. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim and enter radio for 30 free days of protection. That's code radio at HomeTitleLock.com. The happiest place on earth is about to become the wokest place on earth. Disney now putting its employees through, quote, anti-racism training which includes all of the greatest hits of critical race theory propaganda according to documents obtained by city journal's chris Rufo, the house of mouse has launched an internal campaign to educate its employees about systemic racism white privilege white fragility and the rest of the typical crt nonsense let's take a closer look at disney's new anti-racism training in tonight's buck brief you gotta work at disney you think to yourself this is a great american company right i mean it's mickey mouse it's kids at the theme parks it's great you know disney cartoon movies from back in the day M-I-C-K-E-E-Y, all that stuff right remember all that good stuff you sure well it's in america and corporate america as you know is overrun either because of fear or because of real belief with critical race theory madness, with what is now called anti-racism training, as if we all have to be told specifically, don't be a bad person who judges people by the color of their skin. Oh, but wait, that's actually not what anti-racism training does. Anti-racism training tells you, if you're white, there are beliefs, there are things about you that everybody else should think and that you should think too, and they're all negative. Your whiteness in anti-racism dogma and doctrine is a problem, a challenge you must overcome because you are inherently gaining from the privilege of your whiteness, and therefore you must work against it at all times. And also just the the historical uh, discrimination that has gone on in America means that you carry a stain of that. As a white person, you carry a stain uh, from that discrimination. You're guilty even without having done anything. This is all from Rufo's piece, some of these quotes. You've got to see, this is from the actual training materials of the company that Walt Disney founded to entertain and, and inspire and bring Americans joy. Here you go. On systemic racism, the United States has a long history of systemic racism and transphobia. And white employees in particular must work through feelings of guilt, shame, and defensiveness to understand what is beneath them and what needs to be healed. Disney recommends that employees atone by challenging colorblind ideologies and rhetoric such as all lives matter and i don't see color they must listen with empathy to black colleagues and must not question or debate black colleagues lived experience so you are not allowed to ask a question of a black colleague at disney uh, that may go against what they claim is their lived experience well i mean we should all be respectful and uh, responsible people in the workplace. We should all be decent to each other, but what does that mean? Not to question one's lived experience. So if a black colleague were to say, for example, that a white colleague got a job because of racism, is the white colleague allowed to say, well, I don't think that that's true, or no, you just have to shut up and, and deal with it. Is that, is that, it seems to me that based on the rules, those are in fact the rules. All lives matter. If you say all lives matter, you are a problem at Disney. You're a part of a white supremacist system in some way because you're negating the power of the Black Lives Matter rallying cry just by pointing out the obviously and irrefutably true moral statement that all lives matter, Black Lives Matter, all lives matter. This is absolutely irrefutable. But nonetheless, they don't like it when anybody takes some of the momentum some of the heft out of their propaganda i don't see color you're not allowed to say that at disney they're teaching their employees you're not allowed to say i don't see color you must see color in this context if you are white you have things to be sorry for and atone for if somebody is a minority if you're a minority other people if particularly if you're if you're black or hispanic other people have to accept your version, your opinion of events on certain matters without questioning or else they're being racist. This is, uh, this is fascinating, isn't it? In another module that Chris Rufo uh, exposed here, this is, remember, this is at the Disney Corporation. Do, uh, what can I do about racism? Disney tells employees they should reject equality where they focus on equal treatment and access to opportunities and instead strive for equity where they focus on the equality of outcomes. The training also includes a series of lessons on implicit biases, microaggressions, and becoming an anti-racist. Let's just start with this notion of equity. What they're saying is that we are not allowed to act like there are um, mechanisms in place that reward people for skill, hard work, perseverance, talent. Uh, That's not allowed to be factored into any discussions about who's getting ahead at a company or anything like that without also looking very closely at how this aligns with identity politics along, along racial lines. That, that essentially, if you don't have enough uh, people from communities of color, which is the preferred phrase used by these anti-racism manuals, if you don't have enough people from communities of color, there's, that's not okay. It doesn't matter if the company has given everyone a fair shot. If the company has given everyone, uh, you know, uh, equal treatment, it's not about equal treatment. They're telling you this explicitly. It's about things have to end up in the same place. This is Marxism, but based on race instead of class. That's all that they're really promoting here. But they're not. Uh, You're not able to challenge us as a Disney employee without possibly losing your job. Um, and then this was one of the. One of all these ones. What can you do? In the same collection of resources, Disney also recommends that employees read a series of how-to guides, including 75 things white people can do for racial justice, and your kids are not too young to talk about race. The first article suggests that white employees should defund the police, participate in reparations, decolonize your bookshelf, don't gentrify neighborhoods, find and join a local white space, and donate to anti-white supremacy work such as your local Black Lives Matter chapter. So essentially write the checks to the organizations that benefit from this kind of uh, critical race theory training in the first place. Bend the knee, don't ask any questions, don't push back on any of this, and maybe things will be okay. Oh, and don't gentrify neighborhoods. Really? Did they ask any of the uh, property owners whose property values go up as the neighborhood gentrifies? And who are safer. I mean, there's so many things you could look at here. Disney. Not surprised, though. company that's been overtaken by woke leftists. Some very rich ones, but that's who runs it now. Comedian Dave Chappelle ripping into critics of Elon Musk after an outcry over the billionaire's appearance on Saturday Night Live. After the break here, British rapper, author and podcaster Zuby joins us to give his perspective. Stay right there. From the happiest to the wokest place on earth, it seems, Disney is pushing critical race theory on employees through a new plan called Reimagine Tomorrow, making staffers terrified about speaking out against critical race theory ideology. So how many other big corporations are pushing this far left agenda and what's really going on here? To weigh in, we've got British rapper, author and podcaster, Zuby. Zuby, good to see you.
5: How's it going, Buck? How you doing?
0: I'm good, man. Thank you for being with us. Wokeness at Disney now. They're, they're teaching people things like, here you go, white fragility. Um, this is one of the parts from the training module at Disney for, for all employees of, of a certain level, basically entry level. Next participants learn about white fragility and are asked to complete an exercise called how to tell if you have white fragility. The program interprets beliefs such as, I am a good person, I can't be racist, and I was taught to treat everyone the same as evidence of the participants internalized racism and white fragility. So this is fascinating, Zuby. This is, this is corporate indoctrination. in if you think you're not a racist, you're a racist. How does this
5: work? Yeah, exactly. So this is the ideology of the woke secular religion, which is that you have original sin. Um, if you are a white person, then you are guilty. If you are racist, then obviously you're racist. If you're just normal, and you're not racist then your denial of racism is evidence for racism so you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't either way the conclusion is always that you are racist that's how the cult works um it's very clever uh very clever i'm surprised it works on so many people but um yeah that's how it is either and if you're if you're just a normal person and you're not part of the woke mob then you're not being actively anti-racist as they say you know not being racist isn't good enough because that's still racism you're still per- perpetuating these systems of oppression so either you're an- actively anti-racist which tends to include actually being racist just against the right people then um yeah you're you're not part of it so it's all it's a very circular it's a circular thing um it's very clever in a way but it's disturbing that it's gotten to this stage
0: yeah and and things like Equality are pushed aside in favor of equity, which is really just a term that means to decide based on a, uh, an amorphous concept of fairness, usually along some kind of identity politics framework, what people <clears throat> should get, whether it's jobs, what kind of positions in society they should have. You know, equity is what you end up with. Isn't that kind of a racist term, this notion that we can't just be treated equally under the law? I mean, Disney is telling its employees... There needs to be interventions from above to make sure mm. that people of different skin colors all get the same stuff professionally, etc., in the end. I feel like that should be a troubling concept.
5: Yeah, I mean, the modern day form of neo-racism is anti-racism. Right. Anti-racism is a racist ideology by the proper definition of racism, which is why they're always using semantic overload and trying to redefine words and terms. One thing that is striking me as interesting, though, with Disney and a lot of these other so-called work corporations is I am really curious to see how far they take this, because I'd like to see the I'd like to see the board members of the people who are push. I'd like to see the, the people pushing this stuff, because something in my gut is telling me that uh the sort of senior people and executives that are pushing this nonsense on people at lower levels something tells me that they're probably not as um not as so-called diverse as uh they they seem to be wanting to preach to everyone else and I'm big on practicing what you preach so if there's a whole bunch of you know, white men there who are actually feeling who truly, truly feel this way. This goes for Hollywood celebrities, all these people who, who promote this stuff. I'm waiting for all of them to step down and to let all the people who they're saying should be in their positions uh, take their positions. If they truly, truly believe that, if they think that they should not be in that position because they're a privileged white male or a privileged white female or whatever it is, then cool. Step down. Yeah. Um, give your position to someone else. And then, and then at least we can believe you. Chris Rufo,
0: who is the uh, the journalist and and scholar who initially got these documents from these internal documents from Disney that have now been written up the New York Post, Uh, he pointed out over the weekend that the top four uh, officers, top four officials at at uh, Disney, are white males who have a a combined net worth of over a billion Uh, dollars. I have a feeling that, to your point, Zuby. They're not about to invite somebody to take their job and their stock options because of equity. But if they believed in equity, which is this earlier point, you got four white guys at the top of this company with a whole lot of money. Shouldn't there be at least some diversity at the top of the company? Shouldn't one of the top officials step aside? No, the hourly employees, though, get this lecture. And if they have a problem with it, they get fired. That's how this actually works in in reality.
5: That's exactly how it works. Um, You know, watch what people do not just what they say, what people do will tell you far more about what they actually believe and what they think is true and correct than whatever they're saying. And I think that a lot of this woke nonsense is is honestly, it's hyper capitalistic. That's truly what it is. Instead of it being just honest, upfront capitalism, it's using this ideology, using certain social justice causes and movements, et cetera, to placate certain people and to make it seem like they're doing something and they're on board and they're not going to get attacked by the mob and et cetera. But really it all comes down to money. Um, As you said, none of those four guys at the top are going to step down. All these people in Hollywood who are self-flagellating, talking about how the industry needs more diversity and more actors of color and whatever other nonsense they're saying. Um, Like I said, if they truly feel that way, then they'd get offered a movie role and they'd say, you know what? I don't want this role. I'm a straight white man. I want this to go to a black uh, disabled, a transgender woman. And if they did that, I may think it's silly, but at least I'd be like, mm, okay, at least they're uh, honoring what they're preaching.
0: You know, we mentioned that it's not just Disney. That was one that came up in the last few days. So many corporations are taking this woke approach. Um, SNL, which is you know, NBC, which is owned by, I don't even know what you know mega corporation these days, had uh, Elon Musk on to host. I'm sure you might've seen some of this Zuby, or at least seen the coverage of it. And here's what Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle have said about this play.
4: I think these, whether the people that are complaining that he's going to be on Saturday Night Live, I think what's going on now is like they want someone to be 100% compliant to whatever ideology they're a part of. The woke ideology. And any deviation of that is problematic. Again, like you say, no one can be woke enough. You know,
2: I'm torn
5: because I like a warrior for a good cause, but I'm really in... The tactics. You're not gonna nag people into behaving. Right. In a way that's, you know, in fact, if, if you continue with this tone, even if you're right, you'll be very hard to hear.
0: What do you think, Zuby?
5: Yeah, funnily enough, I, I watched, I listened to this episode uh, this morning before I uh, knew that we would be talking about it. So yeah, it, it's absolutely correct. I think that, um, I think Dave Chappelle is being a little bit too charitable Towards some of these people, perhaps he hasn't been on the. Uh,
0: yeah, he's Receiving never faced one quite as much. He did get uh, in a little well, trouble for his comedy did, special a has, while back. Yes, if you remember, yes,
5: yes. He, he has. But I still think he's giving some of them too much credit. You know, um, look, I do believe that the majority of people, most people in the world, have good intentions, regardless of their socio political views, etc. But what's happened with this whole woke ideology is it's an easy way for people to bully other people whilst pretending that they are the good guys right that's why you know people use the term social justice warrior it's a little tongue-in-cheek it's you know someone who's truly fighting for justice or against uh some form of unfair discrimination or bigotry etc you know everybody agrees whether you're liberal conservative yeah. libertarian whatever most people agree great that's awesome but there's so much performative and ill-intentioned and malicious nonsense. When you're digging up someone's tweets from 10 years ago to try to get them fired or to get them to lose their sponsor, etc., right? That's not coming from a yeah. good place. That's not trying to make the world better. Um, there are a lot of causes out there in the world, locally, nationally, internationally, that are very much worth fighting for. And so I have true respect for people who are actually doing that. But people just going around trying to bully others and, you know, score points. It's a bit like headhunting. That's really what a lot yeah, of these and people that, that
0: is what it feels like. That's what it turns into for sure. And, you know, they're not they're not getting the CEO of Disney to step down for the purposes of diversity, but they will get a plumber from Schenectady fired for using the wrong pronoun by accident during a job. That's what I actually mean. That's what actually happens with wokeness. Zubi, great to have you. Hope you'll come back. Thank you. The Obamas are one of the most privileged families in the world, I would argue, which is why Michelle's recent comments about her daughters are raising some eyebrows. We've got that story in quick hits, and it is up next. We're living in very uncertain times, and being prepared for the unknown is more important than ever. I'm sure you've noticed the world we live in is anything but predictable. The government is passing massive spending bills, the Federal Reserve is printing trillions of dollars in fiat currency. And many experts are predicting inflation could run rampant in the coming months. That could spell disaster for the dollars in your bank account. We could all benefit from something a little more reliable right about now. Well, what could be more reliable than real gold and silver? I'm talking about real gold and silver you can actually hold right in your hands. Call the Oxford Gold Group now and learn how easy it is to get real gold and silver sent securely directly to your home, or how you can have real gold and silver placed in your IRA or 401K. Just call the Oxford Gold Group at 833-600-GOLD and ask for your free guide on owning gold and silver. Again, call the Oxford Gold Group right now at 833-600-GOLD. The Oxford Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Call them right now at 833-600-GOLD. One more time, that's 833-600-GOLD. Michelle Obama worries that her daughters will face racism and college students get kicked out of school after not masking outdoors. We got those stories in quick hits. Let's get right to it. Here's uh, Michelle Obama, one of the wealthiest, most influential, most famous, most beloved people on planet Earth. And she wants you to know that she's worried about her daughters facing racism to the point where will they even be able to? Rent their first apartment uh, without facing racism. Here's what she
3: said. I want to be as excited as every parent. I don't want to have to worry about her entering a world where she has to worry about how people would treat her because of the color of her skin. So I. I am excited, but I'd like to be more excited (laughs) to know that as she goes out and gets her first apartment and rides the subway somewhere that they don't make assumptions about her (laughs) based on the color of her skin, that she's not at risk out there in the world as an adult because she's a black woman.
0: Uh, The assumption people will make about the Obama daughters is that they have Secret Service protection and are the children of one of the most revered politicians. Uh, you know, in, in American history, really, I mean, certainly by all Democrats and by a lot of other people, for that matter, um, that the Obamas are at the absolute pinnacle of wealth power influence and just public acclaim, and yet Michelle Obama, the former first lady of the United States, is worried that her daughters will face racism when they go to when they go to get their first apartment, really? The daughters are going to live in mansions, folks and and have an armed phalanx of federal taxpayer paid for Secret Service protection at all times for the rest of their lives. So I, I just, what's really the concern here? I mean, I get it. I'm not a mom. I don't have kids. But uh, the, the worry is what exactly? These are children who will live in unbelievable luxury, splendor, acclaim. We all know it, but it's almost like for Michelle Obama, um, it's never enough. You know, it's never clear enough that her husband became president for eight years of the United States. Her family is fabulously wealthy and treated like royalty, actual royalty everywhere. But she's worried about her daughter on the subway because of her skin color. That's what she's telling you. Okay, sure. That's that's rational. Uh, Let's now go to the University of Massachusetts. Suspended uh, some students for not wearing masks. You see here, the freshmen were cut off from virtual learning after they were suspended and barred from taking their finals. And they will have to redo the semester. This is all according to their parents, they say, because of this, because they were outdoors and they took a photo, what's the problem? Why is that an issue? The CDC says you can be outdoors, vaccinated or unvaccinated, it turns out, without wearing a mask. So what's the problem? Well, just because schools are full of panic-stricken libs, who can't handle that some people want to return to normal life faster than whenever the Fouch says it's okay for us. Here's UMass statement on it. Uh, Students received a number of public health messages this semester, emphasized the importance of following public health protocols, the consequences for not complying. Those messages were also shared on UMass social media channels. So they're basically saying, you were warned, UMass Amherst, right down the street from Amherst College, where I went to school. Both overrun by psycho libs. That's why I give Amherst College $0 of alumni donation. And I recommend others do the same. Uh, But yeah, this is what we're facing, folks. This is the uh, country we're in right now. Uh, Producer, do we have time? Or are we good? I think we can let it go for that. Oh, we got time. This is one. Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi that is, tweeted a photo of a black player um, to honor Willie Mays. And the only problem is she, uh, she shared a photo of the wrong player, but now she's saying it was a, there you see, now she's, happy birthday, 90th birthday to All-American icon Willie Mays, a trailblazing, record blake, uh, record-breaking baseball player and champion for sports uh, and well-being. Willie Mays is a civic legend, national treasure. And then they had to change it to uh, a different player because, yeah, that's, by the way, that was not, you look at the photo, that does not look like a guy who's 90 to me, but you know, anyway, the other photo, that one, that's Willie Mays. So yeah, Pelosi's blaming it on a staffer because that's what, uh, that's what limousine liberal Pelosi does. Blame it on the little, little guy or gal. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. We got the No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly. Up next, Shields High.